0: If you'll turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. We'll get there in a second. We've been talking about transformation. Last week I introduced you to the step that Jesus took. One of the steps. And that is humility. And um, this is coming out of Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And it says this. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we've been sharing how the fact that we are to present our bodies to God we're the ones who have to do that. And, and God is asking us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, that doesn't make sense because a sacrifice is something that is dead. But he calls us to be living. So we have to understand that we're alive unto God, but dead unto the things of this world and stuff. So, and to be a living sacrifice means that we have to go through transformation in our life. Isn't that exciting? That's the good news. If you offer your life, if you present yourself as a living sacrifice, then you're saying, God, I want your way in my life. And then you have to die to yourself. You have to die to your wishes and and what you think are right. And not only that, but he says that we're not to be conformed to this world. And, And we don't do that. And we're transformed. By the renewing of our minds, and there is no transformation, no becoming. And transformation simply means becoming like Christ. Okay, We're, we're our old self is gone; the new self is coming. That new self is in the likeness of Christ, and so we're becoming more and more like Him. And let me just tell you, the world needs more and more Jesus. All right. So there is no transformation. There is no becoming like Christ, without renewing our minds. It's not enough just to know about God from a distance. We have to know Him personally, and the awesome thing about God is we can. Okay? And when Paul speaks of us presenting our bodies as living sacrifices for God and for His use, we have to understand that that means that we have a choice because he's telling us this is what we should do, but that means that we also have the option not to do it. Okay, so we have to keep that in mind as well, because we can offer ourselves and we've looked at this in Romans six and Romans eight, we can offer ourselves to sin, which leads to death, or we can offer ourselves to righteousness, which leads to life. And that is our choice. Nobody can make that choice for us. Uh, Last week, I mentioned that there is no resurrection without a death and there is no death without a sacrifice. You know, everybody wants a new life, a resurrected life, to walk in the power of the resurrected, then guess what? You have to die. And in order to die, you have to become a sacrifice. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. Um, Here's another one. Salvation without transformation is deception. In other words, if you get saved and you choose not to become like Christ, you're walking in deception. Okay. We'll move on. That was like, okay. I say that because we have so many Christians nowadays. They're looking at the world and they're like, they're praying. Oh, Jesus, come back. Come back quickly. And that just saddens me. It's ridiculous. So what do you want him to do? Save you from this world? He's already done that. If you've already placed your salvation in Him, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you're already going to heaven. Why does He have to come here and save you again before it gets worse? What we ought to be doing is figuring out how we can be transformed in a greater measure so that heaven can come down to earth and we can change the culture around us. We can change the way things are in our lives. It's it's sad how we're crying. We're acting like babies. Oh God, please come and get us. It's getting so hard. It's not hard in America. If you consider somebody sitting in your seat this morning hard, or somebody not looking at you the right way and smiling or whatever, you get offended about, If that's hard, you don't know what real hardness is in the Christian walk. You know, we get bent out of shape about stuff that doesn't even matter. And then we cry, oh, God, please come back quick. Well, why don't you just grow up and become like Jesus so the world can see Jesus in you? Why don't you when you go to work, you work hard for the Lord? So when people say, well, how come you work like that? How come you have a good attitude? I had a guy at work this year. He, he looked at me and, and he'd come in and I was walking down the hall and I'm smiling like I always do. And he says, you know, that's dangerous. People are going to think you're funny if you're smiling all the time. Have at it. I am. I'm funny. I love Jesus. You see, the reason that we're crying, Lord, come back quickly is because we don't want to go through the transformation process. We don't want to become a living sacrifice. We don't want to be not conformed to the ways of the world. We want to live our own life. We want to have everything catered to us. And that's not the way God operates. God expects us to bring heaven down to earth. As believers, God has given us a choice as to where we set our affections. Our flesh or the things of the Spirit. And it's it's our choice. But since humanity is tempted to walk away from God, so Jesus had to come in the same way and have the opportunity to take on flesh just like you and I, and He did. He took on flesh. And He took on flesh so that He could be tempted, but also so that He wouldn't sin and that He could be our redemption. And we saw last week how Jesus came to be just like us was tempted in every way as we are, and yet was without sin, and He saved us. And so, in Hebrews chapter 2, I know I told you to turn to Philippians 2, so just go to Philippians 2. I'm just going to read out of Hebrews 2. We read this last week. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 18. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He, speaking of Jesus, himself likewise partook of the same things, that though that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of faith were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. In other words, he's helping the flesh. Verse 17, Therefore, He had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Thank you. Y'all are awake today. If you are new, so that is you see that in the scripture a lot. So anyway, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. that's what I love about God. He doesn't expect us to do something that He hasn't already done for us. And because He's already done it for us, He can provide it for us. Whatever we have need of. Jesus knows exactly how the enemy is going to lie to us. He knows exactly how the enemy is going to twist the Word of God against us and make it something that it isn't to get us into a place of temptation. He did it with Jesus. He did it in the garden with Adam. He did it with Jesus. And he's going to do it with us as well. The lie still works. The trick still works. So the enemy keeps using it. And we keep getting dumber and dumber. I mean, we're not even making the enemy work hard anymore. He just lies to us and we believe him. Hebrews 4. Verses 15 and 16, we looked at this last week. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm so grateful that God through Jesus is able to come to my aid. He's able to come to your aid. When we need it. I am so grateful that when I need help. When you need help. We can call on God and He'll answer. Last week Paul shared. Jesus' mindset. His attitude that we need to make sure. We develop to be transformed. And that is humility. And in Philippians chapter 2. And the rest of the way. We're just going to kind of dissect this. So. um, Philippians 2 verse 5. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, he's telling us, this is how you need to be thinking. This is the mindset that you need to have. This is the attitude that you need to have. Okay. And he says, it's ours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who, and now he's speaking of Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is lord to the glory of God the father do you realize that every human being is going to bow at the name of Jesus Christ every human being is going to confess at the name of Jesus Christ that he is lord to the glory of god doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter if you're rich or poor educated uneducated doesn't matter what your race is what your color is what your face looks like doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're educated, uneducated. Doesn't matter if you know your mom, your dad, your brothers or your son. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Every knee, one day, is going to bow before Jesus and declare Him Lord. All to the glory of God. In other words, God's going to take pleasure in that. And you're going to learn some things you never knew before. Woo! Isn't that good? And you know what's so awesome? If you're a believer, we get to practice that now. We get to start putting that into practice. And you know, now is when I need to put it into practice. Now is when I need to recognize that He's Lord and allow Him to help me. I I won't need it when I get to heaven. He humbled Himself. I wonder how much better this world would be if we took the time to humble ourselves and not act like we know everything. Again, verse 5, Paul says, have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ. And so he gave us the example. He left that example for us. This is such a wonderful time of the year as we celebrate the birth of Jesus during this Christmas season. His birth is one of the greatest miracles that has ever occurred. For it was... The moment when God Almighty, the Creator of all things, laid aside glory and appeared on earth as a man. How wonderful and how marvelous to think that God would temporarily shed His divine appearance and actually take on the flesh of man. And yet that's exactly what has happened the day Jesus was born in Bethlehem. When we opened the service, we read out of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 13. Here's verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. All right. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to start dissecting these verses. We're going to start in verse 6. It says, "Who though he was in the form of God. And the first words that I want to break down are though he was. Okay? It's from a Greek word, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but huparacho. That sounds good, doesn't it? It's from hupo, which means from, and "arche," which means the first, original, or ancient. And together... When you put these words together, it means something that has always existed. And so he's saying, though he was, in other words, though he always existed. Or you could translate who? Eternally existing in the form of God. And this is important because we have to understand that Jesus' human birth in Bethlehem was not his beginning. Okay? Okay. It wasn't His beginning, but merely His manifestation to mankind. A brief appearance in His eternal existence. And then it says, though He was in the form of God. And this is awesome, because the word form there is morphe, which describes an outward form. Which means that Jesus looked just like God in His pre-existence. Though he was in the form of God. He was not just a part of God. He wasn't a symbol of God. He was God himself. And yet because of the love that God has for us, because of the love that Jesus has for us, Jesus, though God, emptied himself. And took on the form of a servant. And really, this is the true meaning of Christmas. This is the true story of Christmas. God becoming man. Verse 7. It says, but emptied himself. This is from the Greek word kinos. Which means to make empty. To evacuate. To vacate, to deprive, to divest, or to relinquish. And so he did this. Can you put verse 7 up? But he emptied himself. Though he was God, he emptied himself. If you want to be like God, if you want to be like Christ. This is where. A living sacrifice comes in. We have to empty ourselves as well. We have to empty ourselves of our rights and our privileges of the things that we think are owed us. We'll get into this in a little bit later time, but I just, you know, whenever you decide that you're going to walk in humility, there's there's another word that's, has to go with it, and that's called humiliation. Because whenever you choose to walk in humility, I promise you that sooner or later you're going to be humiliated. The world is going to try and humiliate you. Because it doesn't understand humility. It doesn't know what it means to be humble. And if you don't think I'm right, look at the cross. Look at what Jesus did. That was complete humiliation on the world's part Of the Son of God. And yet, God used it for His glory. And I want to encourage you. (laughs) When you come to that place of being humiliated, just rejoice. You're sharing in His sufferings as well. Amen? Because it was impossible for God to appear to man as God, because we can't handle that, He had to change His outward form take on and become like mankind. And the only way he could make this limited appearance as a man was to, and and think about this, willfully, deliberately, intentionally, and temporarily let go of all the attributes we usually think of when we consider the characteristics of God. Jesus himself had to Empty himself, divest himself, vacate all the privileges of glory. And he did it for you and I. For 33 years on earth, God divested himself of all his heavenly glory and taking on the form of a servant. This is amazing to me, the whole process of what Jesus did because He was God and yet He emptied Himself to become like us. But not only to become like us, but it says that He became and He took on the form of a servant. Taking. Because it says taking the form of a servant. Taking is from the Greek word lambano, which means to take, to seize, to catch, to latch on to clutch or to grasp. And so he he grasped that. He took on becoming a servant. He was very deliberate in it. He was very intentional. He wasn't just going to take on humanity, but it says that he was taking on the form of a servant in humanity. In other words, he humbled himself to the lowest of the lowest. Because a slave in those days wasn't that great. That You know, you didn't put that on your resume. Well, what have you been doing last six months? Well, I've been a slave. And so this word lets us know that God literally reached out from His eternal existence. Reached into the material world where you and I live. That He had created and took human flesh upon himself in the form of a servant. And the word form there is exactly the same word that he used uh, concerning the form of God. He was God. He was the form of God. Now he's a servant. He's in the form of a servant. As he left his form as God, he took on the form of mankind appearing and living on the earth in exactly the same way as any other man. The things that He did, the miracles that He did, He did as a man. Listening to God. Mm. For a brief time in His eternal existence, Jesus emptied Himself of His divinity and literally became a man in every way. And we read that even out of Hebrews this morning. So not only did He become a man, but He also took on the form of a servant and the word servant in the Greek is doulos, which refers to a slave. And so Paul by the Holy Spirit uses this word to picture the vast difference between Jesus' pre-existence and His earthly life. There's quite a contrast there. God all the way down Humbling himself. Becoming not only human. But a slave. In human form. That's how much God loves us. Jesus was willing to leave all of that. He was willing not only to leave. But to empty himself. Of all that he is. God. And take on humanity. To become just like us. So that when we're struggling. When we're being tempted. When we're going through hard times. He's able to help us. What an incredible God. I'm almost done, but I just want to encourage you with this. There's more to this that I can't get to today. So if you'll come back next two weeks, we'll try and work through it. But it's so amazing to me how God is and and the love that he has for us and how he was so willing To become like us. So that He could save us. Verse 8 says. And being found in human form. And the word being found in the Greek is. Genomai. And it means to become. Indicating that this was not Jesus' original form. But it became His new form. And being found. So He was becoming this. And He became this. So this clearly describes the miracle that occurred when God became a man. Jesus had always existed in the form of God, but not the form of mankind. But taken upon Himself human flesh, He was formed in the womb of the Virgin Mary and became a man. And when it says that, and being found in human form, this refers to, it's. uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Greek word for it. If you want it, I'll text it to you. But it refers to a form or a resemblance. And this refers not only to Jesus being made in the visible likeness of men, but also in the human likeness of men. In other words, He didn't just take on our form, but He became just like us. And when Jesus appeared on this earth, He came in the actual form of a man and was just like man, just like you and I, in every way. We've already shared how He was tempted. We're tempted. He was tempted the exact same way. And not just once, but he was tempted over and over again. And this is the true story of Christmas. That God, through Jesus, divested Himself, vacated Himself to become like us at Christmas time. To be born and took upon our humanity, became a slave like us to serve us. The Scripture says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And I think at Christmas time, I think of how we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but... His birthplace wasn't the greatest. Everything about Him coming to the earth, there was nothing great about it. Osha and the medical people would have a hard time. They would be losing their minds to know that He was born in a manger. The smell would outdo Him. The smell alone would probably have killed anybody that works in a hospital nowadays. Everything has to be so sterile. You can't see the kids, you know, when they're born. until. I remember one of the most freeing times was when a parent told our kids when they were eating dirt, well, they came from it. It's all right. I had to tell my wife because she wasn't sure and so we had to pray through that. But it's true. You eat a little bit of dirt, you're not going to die. He humbled himself. He humbled himself for you and I. I want to encourage you this Christmas season that if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ to do so because he went through some great lengths to be able to become our great Savior. There's no one like him. You'll never know a love like his. You'll stand with me, please. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And the love that you have for us. Thank you for this time that we can gather together. And Lord, I thank you for this Christmas season. that Though the world may try and change the meaning of it, we know what the real meaning is. We know what the true story of Christmas is all about. And I thank you that it's not about Jesus coming to Bethlehem, being born in Bethlehem, and that's his first time existing. We thank you that he's God. He's always existed. Everything was made through Him and for Him and by Him. And there was nothing made that wasn't made through Him. And Father, that includes us and I thank You for humbling Yourself and being willing to come and take on our form. And not just the form of humanity, but the form of a servant. The lowest of the lowest in humanity that You might bring salvation to us. Father, we thank You for it. And Father, I pray that if there's somebody in here that doesn't know You, that they would meet You today. That they would let this be the most joyous Christmas season of their life. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. All right, be blessed. Have a great week. If you need prayer, feel free to come up. We'll be delighted to pray with you.